What's up, what's up, what's up, people, and welcome back to another edition of the Leo G Show. I am Leo G, man, and podcasting is what we do. Um, we've been having a lot of te- technical difficulties here, man, but hopefully tonight we'll get this all settled, all squared away. We did a test run, so hopefully we can get this back out to the people and, and do what we do and do what we love to do, man. So none other, I'm going to go ahead and start the show off right. I got to introduce the people that's on the marquee now, man. I'm going to kick it over to none other than my man, Banks. This in the building tonight on this late night edition of the Leo G Show. What's going on, Banks? What's going on, Leo G? How you feeling, brother? Man, I'm feeling all right, man. I'm feeling good, man. About to do another edition of the podcast, man. On the late night tip, it's all good, man. We got a little something in our cup, and we're doing it late, man. This this is like the best we can do from a scheduling standpoint since everybody's schedule goes all over the place, but it's all good, man. So give a shout out to the next person up. On the podcast, and that's my man Derrico. Derrico, what's going on, man? Everything good, man? Are we are we are we good on on your end? Yes, sir. On my end, y'all can hear me. I can hear y'all. So we good. What's up, man? Okay. Man, I'm in the building, man. I can't I can't call it, dude. We doing another podcast on the late night. Got a lot to talk about tonight in the world of sports, especially here in Atlanta and the Southeast, man. We're gonna talk about what we talk about. Um, we just gonna get right into it. So first and foremost, man, we've been doing this late night. We tried to do another show on last week, man, where we did it on on the late night tip. That's why my energy is kind of low, and I'm trying to give y'all this kind of uh, uh, midnight, you know, radio host vibe. I don't know, man, but you know, the energy levels are a little low, man. It's, it's late, so I'm gonna go around first. So we 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 do the YouTube channel. We've been doing the YouTube channel for a minute, where we showcase, you know, everybody what they have on, but. We'll do a little something different. I'm going to go to Derrico first. I don't know if you you got something sitting there ready to show everybody what you got sipping on. Do you? Yes, of course. Okay. Okay. We'll show everybody what you got sipping on, man. What you sipping on? They see see the bar in the background, so you know I got something. So today is that Johnny Walker Black Label 12-year age that I'm sipping on tonight. Johnny Walker Black Label. That's what's up, man. You know what I'm saying? That's some good stuff right there, man. Good stuff. That's what we're sipping on on a late night tip. So, Banks, I'm going to go over to you, man. I don't know if you – I know you always keep something in that red solo, dog. And and shout out to Banks. For, first and foremost, man, you got to get by and get your gift from Derrico. Derrico gave us some gifts a while back, and you still hadn't picked it up. But it's all good, man. You'll get over here and get them for a second. You want to tell everybody what you're sipping on tonight, man? What you got? I'm keeping it real simple tonight, fellas. I'm in my trusty red cup. It's never let me down. I still rocking the crown apple. Bottoms up, brothers. Bottoms up on the crown apple, man. Y'all know what it is, man. Banks over there getting lit, man. Yeah, y'all should have, man. If we could have really got out the last episode, the last episode was was lit because Banks was on one, man. We ain't gonna get into it. We gonna talk about it. We gonna keep that on the low. So look, man. A lot of people have hit me up. On the show, man, on social media, you know, they see us with the cups, man. I, I, you know, and they ask us, hey, man, what you be drinking on, man? We see you sipping on something over there every time y'all do the show. So if you didn't know, man, I'm I'm kind of a connoisseur when it comes to, to now I've, I've gotten into bourbons. And, and me and Derrico, we talk about this quite a bit. Banks, maybe we'll, we'll wheel you in here one of these days. I know you you uh, you like what you like, but, you know, maybe we can get you to, to, to cross the street on over here to these fine, delectable bourbons. That we've started to get on here lately, man. So tonight, um, you know, I, to, to to wind down, man, I'm not I'm not doing anything big, man. I got a little Buffalo Trace, man. Shout out to Buffalo Trace. Got a little Buffalo uh, Trace bourbon, you know, in my I got it neat 
in my uh, in my nice brave tumbler. Shout out to my man Derrico, man, for for blessing me with that. But I'm actually going to start showcasing some of the stuff that I'm got. I'm getting in the collection and I'm starting uh, to get. So tonight, uh, I tried to showcase it last week, but it didn't work out. But I'm gonna go ahead and showcase it again. And I'm going to let Derrico ride me on when I'm going to open the bottle. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But I'm going to showcase um, my Blant- Blanton's bourbon that it took me a while to find, man. This, this is a special uh, bourbon, man, that I have been looking for for quite some time. If you if you don't know anything about it, I, I say Google it. Um, it's, it's a hard-to-find bottle. I'm still working on trying to get Derrico one. Banks, I can put you on the wait list if you really want to get down with this stuff, man. Uh, it's supposed to be really, really good, but I'm not going to crack. As you can see, the seal has not been cracked. I'm trying to wait on a special occasion to crack the seal. Um, so it's, it blends the original single barrel bourbon whiskey. Um, if you can get you some, get you some. If you know us, if you know, you know. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of the bottles I got in the collection. And uh, hopefully here in the near future, I'll be able to showcase some more of the stuff that I got in the collection um, to sip on. Derrico, what you got for me, brother? I just thought about a good time to pop that. When you find my bottle, that's when you can pop that one. That's a celebration. Hey man, hey, that that might be a celebration, man. When I find <laughs> when I find you one, then we'll pop one. That that might work out. Either that, or we'll wait on one of these Atlanta sports teams or Georgia sports teams to do something, man. And we'll talk about it tonight because I think we might have um, somebody that might be a little. Close. I want jinx it. Somebody might be a little close. But Banks, what, how you feel about the the the, the bourbon game, man? You want to roll with me and Derek on this oh, hard to find bourbon game? Absolutely, brothers. I'm trying to figure out why y'all leave me out in the loop and all this stuff. Like I can't be grown too. I can be grown too. And did nobody say you weren't grown. We know you're grown. We we can look at you and tell you grown. Um, but <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get you into it, man. Um. So, so the thing is, man, for the last couple of years, man, I've been trying to get into like, you know, collecting these bourbons. And, you know, like I said, I'm on, I'm on Buffalo Trace, to, uh, Buffalo Trace tonight, which is really, really smooth. But some of the stuff that's hard to find, I, I kind of been on the wild goose chase and me and Derek talked about it off air, trying to find stuff, man. And that Blanton's was something that I had been looking for for a minute. And I was fine. Shout out to the plug that was able to get it to me. And I'm trying to get some to my man, Derek So maybe on the next week, I'll showcase another bottle. And we can go from there. So let's get into the show, fellas. Let's get into the show. We got a nice one to get into. This past weekend was crazy. So tonight as we record this show, this past weekend in sports was just absolutely insane. Not only for the city of Atlanta, but just all the way around. So we're just going to get into it. Um, Banks, man, crazy sports weekend with college football, man. And one of the most exciting things that happened, and we'll we'll talk about it and we'll talk about the ramifications of, of what happened is, there was a certain team that actually took a huge L. Banks, do you want to elaborate on what we saw this past Saturday and what team took this huge L? That would be the Crimson Tide. Um, Alabama folks, I'm sorry, but you got to hold that L. You know, it's funny when when the when the rabbit got the got the gun, you guys are quiet as a mouse. When you guys win, you go in. You all lose, y'all some fools. So <laughs> I look at it like this. It's fun. You know what I'm saying? Hold this L, Alabama. You know what I'm saying? We we still going to see you in Atlanta. Don't get it twisted. We will see you. But just know it's y'all turn to be 
with the egg <laughs> on your face. <laughs> we don't want to get too far into it, man. But yeah, man. So mighty, the mighty, mighty crimson crimson tide takes a L down there in Texas, man. Against Texas A and M, forty-one thirty-eight. The final score. The disciple finally beats the master. Wow, man. Jimbo Fisher finally. This is the first time. So this is a historical event. If you didn't know people, none of. So from the Nick Saban coaches tree, there are a lot of coaches that now are head coaches in college football and have been head coaches for quite some time. I want to say they're about six or seven, if I'm not mistaken. Um, off the top of my head, I know Jimbo Fisher, Kirby Smart. Um, there are several others. Derek, you might be able to tell us a, a few more. But in the last several years, none of them have been able to beat Nick. This is the first time. And it was very, very funny because there was a lot going into this. And I think Jimbo Fisher made the statement that before Nick Saban retired, that he was going to make him take a L. And Nick Saban tried to dance around it in the voice. He was like, take a L in what? On the golf course? What? I'm not taking an L where? But, hey, Jimbo Fisher handed him the L. Derrico, man, how significant, first and foremost, was it? to see Alabama take this L in the way that they did, man. How significant was it for Jimbo Fisher, a former uh, coach in that Nick Saban tree, to actually finally uh, put that L on him? I mean, it's nothing like being the first one to beat the great Nick Saban off of that coaching tree. I mean, Jimbo, we all know is a good coach. He won a national championship with Florida State. So, you know, he felt pretty good about that. I just think the significance of that loss, it sets Georgia up to be the next SEC team to go out there and try to win that natty. You know what I'm saying? It's like you got to go out this year and do your thing. This is like the probably the best opportunity for Georgia in a while to go out there and take that thing. And like Banks said, we will see them in the SEC championship game, and they will not go to – the NCAA tournament, if they got two L's, I'm sorry. They just won't. So, Alabama, hey, it's okay. Y'all, y'all, spread the glory, spread the love. Don't be jumping off the tree talking about fire Nick Saban now. I mean, that's what y'all do when y'all lose. Y'all want to fire Nick Saban. That is damn talk. Nick Saban, Nick Saban ain't going nowhere, man. I know Nick Saban probably jumped up and down on top of that desk uh, when they got back to uh, Tuscaloosa and told everybody to turn in them Charger keys, turn in them Challenger keys, them Hellcat keys. They were on his desk. Oh, now let me stop, man. Let me <laughs> yeah, man, Alabama takes a huge L, man. And uh, speaking of Georgia, man, so for what it's worth, Georgia goes down to the Plains to face Auburn, man. And, man, they didn't disappoint either, man. Banks, I'm coming back over to you here, man. man look, Georgia is convincing me. Like, I, I was kind of in my feelings about Georgia. You know what I'm saying? We we always had these talks about where we feel like these teams should be and how Georgia has been over the last several years and when are they going to take that leap. But going into, you know, these six games, man, Georgia has been nothing short of living up to the expectations that, that have been put on them. We're having these top recruiting classes. And for the most part, man, this defense – my God, man, this defense has showed up and showed out, man. They went down to Auburn and put a beating on them, 34-10 to 10 down there. So, Banks, man, like, you know, 
earlier in the season, we talked. I was like, I'm not impressed. I'm now. Now I'm. You have my. I, I'm a Georgia fan first and foremost. I was in my shell. Now I'm out. I think now it might be time to put the flags on the car. I think it might be time to go ahead and and, and pull up Ticketmaster or call your ticket broker and find out how much these tickets gonna be to the SEC championship, man. Because I think Georgia is now on their way to doing what they need to do to get to number one Atlanta to the SEC championship and then punching their ticket to the college football playoff. Totally agree with you, brother. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Auburn. Um, congratulations on your touchdown. Um, you are one of the only teams this year that scored a touchdown on the first unit defense. I got that out the way. This defense of Georgia is ignorant, not ignorant, ignorant. It is to the point where I've never, in my fanhood of Georgia Bulldogs football, that I ever seen a defense this potent. And it's incredible to see that we're fans are actually to the point where we are upset when a team scores on us. Like, that is our worst thing that can happen to us. Oh, my God, they scored. They scored on us. I mean, that's – how good can you you have to be when that's your biggest issue is when a team score on you? Unbelievable. You're on mute. My apologies. Yeah, I did my I did it to myself. So yeah, we've seen <laughs> we've seen Georgia have great teams over here over the last several years, man. Um, over the last several decades, but just have never been able to cross over into chasing that thing, man. It's been over 40 years since Georgia has 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 set themselves up for a national title and won one. Uh I take that back. A couple of years ago we played Alabama for a national title and we we, we ended up coming up short. But this year, man, it's something about this Georgia team, man, that really, really has everybody here excited and all the Georgia fans excited. This defense is playing lights out. Hopefully they can carry over. So really, really quickly, we'll talk about what's coming up here next for Georgia. If I'm not mistaken, guys, and I don't want to – Kentucky, get, baby. Kentucky. Is it? Is it this – Coming weekend as we record this show is this Saturday. So this Saturday, come as we record this show, we got Kentucky and Athens, two undefeated teams. Homecoming. Uh, homecoming for Georgia. Right now, Kentucky is ranked number 11, coming off a big win over LSU. And, you know, Kentucky, shout out to my man, Big Rob, because he's a big Kentucky fan, man. But look here, man. We're we not friends this weekend, dog. We, we got to handle our business, man. We got to put Kentucky back in their place. And, you know, y- y'all a basketball school. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't y'all don't belong here in this football conversation. We're gonna put it, we're we gonna put y'all to the test when y'all come up to, to, to Athens this weekend, man. Derrico, how do you feel about this matchup going into cause because Kentucky beat Florida, if I'm not mistaken, in the swamp. It just took on LSU. They just beat them. They're feeling really, really good. They're about to come into Athens. How do you feel about this matchup coming up here Saturday? Hey, this is gonna be a this not this not gonna be an easy game. I think folks think it's gonna be an easy game, but it's gonna be a good game the first half. And then after the first half, like you said, we're gonna show them that hey, this still the real SEC when Georgia plays Kentucky. There's a reason they schedule y'all for homecoming. So don't get it twisted. 
Wildcat fans. There is a reason that you are the homecoming opponent. You might try to use that as motivation, but it's a reason they scheduled y'all for homecoming. Bulletin board material, yeah, whatever. It's it's homecoming in, in Athens, and, and, and we got Kentucky up. Banks, it's Kentucky, man. How do you feel about this matchup, man? How do you feel uh, about this number one? Because Georgia, I'm sorry, I didn't, I failed to mention that Georgia is now ranked number one in the nation, the number one team in the nation, baby. How do you feel about this matchup with the number eleven team, Kentucky, as they roll into Athens for like Derrick Coach just said for homecoming? How we feel about it? Listen, like Derrico said, this is Kentucky. They're going to play us tough. But if you look at it pound for pound, I mean, real talk, Kentucky, Georgia. I mean, yeah, they beat Florida. And by the way, it wasn't in the swamp. It was in Kentucky. Um, they beat LSU in Kentucky. You got to come between the hedges now. You know, all that that Kentucky magic, That, that no, mm-mm. We're coming off a a big game in Auburn down there in um in War Eagle country. And we we prevailed. You know, it was hostile environment for Stenson Bennett. Now he's coming home. I don't really know if he's gonna play or not, but he's coming home. The defense is coming home. And I think the defense is gonna be a little bit upset the fact that somebody actually scored on them. So yeah. No nothing taken away from Kentucky. You guys are a good squad. But I'm I'm looking at Georgia, Kentucky, five star recruits, three star recruits. I think Georgia gonna handle business. Hey, and that's how it's supposed to be, man. We we should be able to go in there and handle business uh, coming up this Saturday. So, fellas, man, like I just said, man, Georgia now number one in the top twenty five polls. Um, I think here we got another week or two before we actually start to get the uh, college football playoff rankings as we roll into the playoffs if i'm not mistaken but as of right now the ap top 25 poll as i'm looking at it georgia sits at the top number two iowa number three with cincinnati number four oklahoma and number five alabama some notable some other notable people here in the top 10 uh oregon with with one loss you got a michigan state team that's six and oh and um you're also looking at a Michigan team at 6-0. Oh, damn, I didn't know that. Penn State just took an L to Iowa, who just moved up to number two. I'm going to go to you, Derrico, man. How do you feel about how this this top this top 10 has shaken out after this weekend's action? We know we just had the Red River shootout with Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma came out on top of that one. So now we've had some, some shakeups here. And a lot of one-loss teams here in the top 10. How do you feel about how this is all shaking out moving forward? Well, you know, when we recorded the last time, I gave my opinion on Iowa. I said that Penn State was going to beat Iowa. I did. The only reason why Iowa came out ahead of that game, because Penn State starting quarterback got hurt. That's the only reason that Iowa won that game. So I'm not sure why the posters thought it was a good idea to put Iowa number two. Like you said, it's a lot of Big Ten teams in that top ten but they haven't played each other. So you still got some more games to play. So best believe that that top 10 is going to change again this week. Ohio State out of the Big Ten is probably going to be still Ohio State. Uh, Michigan, you know, until they prove that they can beat 
Ohio State. Yeah. But my sleeper team, I've said this before, in the Big Ten is Michigan State. Mel Tucker has that team over there playing some good football. And you know he's a defensive man, so that defense is on fire. So with that being said, I, I see a lot of movement before the Big Ten gets to the Big Ten championship. And I know a lot of people are going to slide off that top ten list from the Big Ten. Man, absolutely, man. I feel you on that, man. Hey, another really, really quick before I give it over here to Banks, man, and talk about this and how he feels about it, man. I wanted to shout out one notable team that, you know, probably won't get a shot at the college playoffs, but I think it needs to be noted that there's a team ranked at number 15 that since they've actually had a football team up there in Conway. No, I'm not talking about Cincinnati right now, but I was going to get to that. But as a, as a team, notably number fifteen, the number fifteen ranked team right now, that has been a pretty pretty good football team since they've been since they even have had a team. I think they they've only had their team for maybe the little bit better of a decade, and that's a team out of Conway, South Carolina, is Coastal Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is six and zero right now, sitting at number fifteen, and they have been blowing the doors off of people. They have been beating people. Right now, it's funny because with Clemson and South Carolina in that state, people are saying now that Coastal Carolina is the best team in the state of South Carolina. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Coastal Carolina right now, man, for being ranked number 15 and being 6-0 and and just be, just destroying people on their schedule. I know it's going to be a tall order for them to try to make their way up until, like, you know, you know the top top four to even get a mention. That's 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 really really a, a, a pipe dream for them. But I just wanted to give them some recognition. And I was going to talk about that team that you just mentioned in just a second. Before. So, but right now I'm gonna kick it over to Banks and get his opinion on how he feels about this top ten and where he sees everything shaking up and shaping out as of right now. It's too early right now, Long Leo. Um, like Derrico said, man, that um. You know that that conference gotta gotta play each other. Um, you're talking about on um, Big Ten, they gotta play each other. Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, Iowa, Ohio State. Um, it's you don't know who's gonna come out on top. I mean, it's too too early, way too early. As for Cincinnati, um, I looked at their schedule. It looks like they can go ahead and run that table, and they'll be in that. Top four when it's all said and done. Oklahoma, I, I'm a, just going by what they did against Texas. You know, yeah, it was a thrilling game. It was uh, the Red River shootout, and it, that's what it was—a shootout. But at the same token, um, Oklahoma's defense does not impress me at all. Like they give up points as faster as McDonald's give out fries. So I mean, it's it's really a you can't really just sit there and say you got a dominant team in this top four, top ten maybe, but not this top four. It's um it's up for grabs. The exception of number one. Absolutely, I think there's gonna be a lot of shakeups here, man. Uh, going in into the rest of the season, you know, it, it's it's quiet as it's kept, man. Alabama only dropped to five. They were number one. They dropped to five after taking the L from Texas A&M. 
But, you know, I think, you know, I'm going to be totally honest with you guys, man. I think Alabama with an L on this on their record right now is still better than the top, the, you know, three teams. Ahead of. I think Alabama is a better team than Oklahoma, Cincinnati, and Iowa. I really do. I think that when it all when it's all said and done, man, Alabama is going to fight their way back into the conversation of you know being in the college football playoffs. Uh, Derrico, you know, like you said, Derrico earlier, man, you know, having two L's on your schedule is a death sentence. So you you can't afford to lose. Nick's if anybody knows the significance of what's happening right now is Nick Saban. Nick Saban understands and knows that hey, this is it. We cannot afford to take another L, or we're not going to see another championship. And so this is it, man. This is this is it for Alabama going down the stretch. They got they're gonna they're gonna probably have a team. Everybody and now everybody is seeing red and saying, "Hey, can we do what we need to do to just knock Alabama completely out of contention for a title?" Because at this point, if Alabama can run the table, they're gonna they, even you know if they can get to the SEC championship and win obviously they're going to put themselves at the table to fight, play for a college title but everybody else on the rest of their schedule is saying whether no matter what their record is is saying hey if we give them this other L this will be the first time Nick Saban has never been in the contention of a title hope since he's been at Alabama which is crazy to me but yeah out of all those teams up there in the top uh, four. I think Alabama is still better than Oklahoma, Cincinnati, and Iowa. Going back to Cincinnati here, man, I want to say this much about Cincinnati before we move on. This Cincinnati team is very intriguing. As we know, last season, Cincinnati took Georgia to the wire in a game here that was played in Mercedes-Benz, I want to say, in, in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Uh, Cincinnati, as quiet as it's kept, has, has, has been building a team up there. Um, the one intriguing thing about Cincinnati is that since the inception of the college football playoffs, we haven't seen a team outside of the the major, uh, you know, the Big 12s, your SECs, your ACCs. We haven't seen a team outside of the big conferences make it into the college football playoffs. Uh, we saw a UFC team a couple of years ago go undefeated and be an uninspired Auburn team after they lost the SEC championship to Georgia, played in Mercedes-Benz, and they went undefeated under Scott Frost. That was the closest that we saw a team outside of one of the major conferences actually make a run toward trying to get into the college football playoffs. Now, I'm going to come to you, Derrico, because you said you, you started yapping about Cincinnati. Now, if Cincinnati runs the table and they do what they need to do in their conference, man, do you think they deserve a place at the table? To, to, to prove themselves worthy of a national title shot? If there are two one-loss SEC teams and then there is a one-loss champion in the Big Ten, and if Oregon mess around and run the table, no. Absolutely not. I mean, wow. So that No. Absolutely not. But I will say this. This is what I want them to do as far as a college playoff. If you expand this to an 18, at least eight teams, I would love to see a team like Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina get in the tournament so that they can get the chance to upset one of those teams in that 18 playoff. But as far as 
them being undefeated and you got one loss teams in these other big conferences, nah, I'm not buying it. Not so. I'm not going to. No, I'm, no. I can I can even front and say that I would want to see that just because they're undefeated. I, I no, 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 no. I mean, but at at some point, at some point, I think we do have to see. We have to see somebody, like you said. Either we go to the 18 playoff, so we can actually get one of these at-large teams to get in there, man. Because they, I mean, they, these guys have been playing hard. Like I said, Coastal Carolina has. I don't, I don't. I haven't. I didn't do a lot of research, but I wanted to shout them out. I don't think they've had their team for the. You know, I know it's, it hadn't been 20 years, and for them to do what they've done, and for them to accomplish what they've been accomplishing up there, like I said, they made themselves as the best team up there in South Carolina. Derrico, what you got for me? Just, 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 I'm gonna put it in perspective. Let's say Wake Forest goes undefeated in the ACC and win the ACC championship. Do they deserve to be in the top four? I mean, I, I don't know. We have to see how this all shakes out. You know, they got that formula, that supercomputer up there that computes everything and puts everything into play. That's why it was so important for Cincinnati to take care of business against Notre Dame, even though Notre Dame is, you know, is Notre Dame. But, you know, Cincinnati ended up beating them, and they're keeping it rolling. And like Banks just said, man, the rest of their schedule is pretty much, hey, they control their own destiny. So they they have to end up winning out, like you said, Derrick Cole, in order to, you know, because a lot can happen between now and the, the end of the season, once we get to the conference championships. And if they can win out, go ahead. That's why, that's why I say this, this year would be the perfect year for an expanded playoffs. Because there, there are two teams, and the rest are gunning to be the third team. So this would be the perfect year for eighteen playoffs because you don't know what's going to happen between the other five teams that are in that playoff because they're going to have that. I got to prove that we belong here, and they're going to knock somebody off. If we had an 18 playoff this year, they would not want to need big conference teams off. I guarantee you that. Hey, man, like I said, I'm here for that. I'm I'm here for that. I would love to see that, man. There's nothing more important and nothing more special to me to see parity, especially in college football. Because, guys, when we grew up, man, we didn't see a lot of parity. We didn't see a lot of these small teams getting the opportunity to go against these big, these big schools and 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 the money that's bagged by these big schools, man. So yeah, I'm all for it to see a Coastal Carolina or Cincinnati get their get their place to see if they can, like you said, dethrone one of the big boys. So Banks, I'm gonna go to you with this here before we move on, man. Um, looking at this here, moving forward here with the Cincinnatis, and I mean Coastal Carolina has a way, you know. We have, we have to have a complete collapse before we see a Colts of Carolina get in there. But with with the Cincinnati situation, man, would you, how do you feel about Cincinnati? You know, getting there and getting that seat at the table. How do you feel about that all shaking out, man? I mean, I would love to see it, but in the grand scheme of things, when you're talking about the big conferences like the SEC and the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, you know. They play better teams than Cincinnati play in their whole roster. I mean, their whole schedule. I mean, you look at Cincinnati's schedule, you're like, they play a lot of they play a lot of high school teams with the exception of Notre Dame. But I mean, you can't take that away from them. I get it. You know, they only play what's in front of them. I look at it like this, you know, and I and I and I draw a lot of scenarios in my head, you know, hypothetically. 
and let's say Georgia lost to Alabama in the SEC championship. So you mean to tell me you're going to put Cincinnati in before Georgia after Georgia on not the number two, the number eight, the number 13, the number 11 team all year. And Cincinnati only did was just beat Notre Dame. That ain't right. So it, it, it's almost like, you know, you have to go ahead and expand this playoffs because it's, it's someone's getting hosed. Um, you can't keep beefing up. Not to mention, we, we we forgot about this account where the SEC is expanding with Texas and Oklahoma. So, I mean, now, this super conference now, this SEC, you ain't going to ever see a team like Coastal Carolina go in undefeated because somebody at SEC with one loss is going to get in, bar none. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. That's I mean, and that's and that's essentially what we're moving toward. We're moving toward these super conferences being aligned, everybody moving into a position to where they'll be able to compete. And that and, and part of the reason why Texas and Oklahoma moved into the SEC was because they wanted to get back into let's be real. Texas has not been a threat. It's that too. It's the money part of it too. But Texas has not been a threat for to the national title for at least the last 10 years. And the reason why is because they're losing a lot of kids out of the great state of Texas to these SEC schools. Because number one, it's a better opportunity for them to land into the league. It's way more competitive than the Big 12 was. So now, you know, Texas A&M, when they moved out, it was like, okay, wow. We need to try to figure out how we can land more recruits and get more money. And that's the and that's the, and the end of the day. And another, you know, as much as we crap on the Pac-12, man, I think that's hurt teams like USC for business. Derek Cole, I'm going to kick it over to you for just a second with that, man. USC, for as long as we have known, has been a team on the West Coast, man, that has been that team that said, hey, even though we play in the Pac-12, we can play with anybody in this country. We play with Big Ten, we play with SEC, we play with ACC, whoever. Whoever you line up in front of us, we can play with them. And they have been, you know, hurting. Over the last five to six years, man, you have not heard anything of USC. And this is one of those things where it's like, hey, man, we got to get back back into the swing of things. You know, Texas and Oklahoma already took their shot to move into the SEC. So now we got to see where we can get the Pac-12, where we can get these other divisions to say, hey, let's get back to what we we know and what, what we used to be. Because, you know, Michigan is is, is probably hurting. That's another team that's in the Big Ten that, that's probably hurting for recruits and, and wants to get back up there and play at another level. How do you feel about that, man? As far as USC, that, like, that's probably like the biggest surprise in college football like for the last 10, 10 plus years. But it goes back to stability. I mean, you can't keep changing your coach out every two and a half years and expect there to be some some, some stability in your program. And I think that's the biggest problem that's going on with USC. Everybody know that California, Texas, Georgia, Florida are the biggest athletes in the country. I mean, so with California being there, you know, something ain't right for kids to say, I don't want to go to USC. You know what I'm saying? That That's a problem. Oregon used to be on top because Oregon used to be flashy. But again, stability in your organization, changing coaches, switching out coaches. I mean, folks just want some stability. And everybody knows that the stability right now sits down there in Tuscaloosa. It sits in Georgia. You know, I'm just yeah. being honest. 
You know, yeah. it, it almost was in the LSU until old boy about to get run up out of there this year. You know what I'm saying? And it's all about a quarterback too. If you don't have the right guy behind center that can break your that can break you. Absolutely. I agree. I agree totally, man. So it's, it's a lot of stuff going on in college football right now. Wanted to touch on it, man. So very, very exciting time for college football. And we're going to move forward, hopefully in the next episode, man, and talk about, you know, the shakeups uh, on the next go round, man. So guys, really, really quick. So <laughs> we talked about initially going into the college football segment, how Alabama took L's. So this is funny, man. Like the state of Alabama took L's all the way around. As we move into the next phase of the show, so, like, Alabama took an L, Auburn took a fresh L, Tuskegee took a fresh L to Morehouse. Shout out. I love Tuskegee, man. Shout out to Tuskegee, man. That's my adopted HBCU. But they took a fresh L to Morehouse, which has rarely happened over the last 85 years that they played against each other. Alabama A&M took a major L against <laughs> Jackson State. Good God almighty, man. Do never call out Deion Sanders and the Jackson State Tigers out there in Mississippi because they went to a they went to Alabama they went to Normal Alabama a Alabama and 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 put uh just beat the living albums beat the living doodle <laughs> the Bulldogs up there and I want to say they scored sixty five points up there in Normal Alabama this past weekend man like I don't even know like. I, Somebody in Alabama won, but the whole state of Alabama took L's. Somebody else from the great state of Alabama, from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, took L's as we move on with this with the podcast, man. So we had uh boxing. We we talk all sports here, guys. And I wanted to talk about a little bit of this that happened this past weekend. We're gonna talk about Tyson versus Wilder. Tyson Fury versus Wilder three, right? And we we know Wilder is is from, from the great state of Alabama. He's from <laughs> he's from Tuscaloosa. Uh, Banks, I'm gonna go. I don't know if you watched the fight, Banks, man. But you know, we'll talk about it for a minute here, man. Deontay Wilder, man, God, man, he took an L Saturday night from the state of Alabama. So he he fell in he fell in line taking L's with everybody else in Alabama. Did you did you see the fight, Banks? How do you feel about this? I did not. I didn't catch anything about the fight. Um, all I know is he just got knocked out. That's all I know. And that's an L. Womp, yes, he <laughs> yes, he did get knocked out, man. Derrick, I'm going to bring it over to you, man, because I had to bring this up and I had to talk about it, man, because it's so significant and so fitting as to how Alabama, we, we everybody everybody that was a sports fan around the country was probably tuned in to the Alabama-Texas A&M game going down the stretch. And if you had to fight, you know, you were looking at the prelims, you were probably going back and forth. You know, before the main event came up, because that's what I was doing, man. I was like, I was, I was like, man, is that, is, is, who gonna pull it out? Who gonna pull it out? Texas A&M pulls it out, and it's funny because as soon as Texas A&M pulled that out, we go right into round one. Ding, ding, ding. Here we go with 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 uh, Wilder versus Fury. So, man, let's talk about it. Wilder takes an L. This is a crazy fight, man. Tell me, Derek, what's up with this fight, man? Well, let me say this. First of all, this is probably one of the best fights I've seen in some years. Even though Dante, Dante heavyweight, heavy, heavyweight fight, heavyweight fight. No, I'm talking about fight. Period. In the last seven okay, I give you that. I, I give mean, you that. Everything else is dancing. 
these cats fight. They, they was fight. Dante came out with a plan. With the body shots, body blows, bam, bam, bam. He got in the fourth round. He knocked Tyson Fury down twice. To me, the referee, like everybody that saw the fight, was kind of slow on them 10 counts or 8 counts. But at the same time, he should have just knocked him out where it been in no discussion. I mean, he should have just ended it in the fourth round. He put so much energy in that fourth round. After the fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, I didn't think he was going to get past the seventh round after that. Because Fury came back after attacking, taking them two knockdowns and was putting hands on Dante left and right. Deontay, left and right. I mean, left oh. and right. I will, I will say this much, man. You know, you go back to looking at the first fight and then the second fight, man. You know, shout out. You know, I'm gonna say this much, man. You know, Tyson Fury is no, he ain't no punk, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, this man, you know what I'm saying, went went to war, man. And this fight coming right here, like you said, man. There was a plan. There was a strategy, obviously, in the Wilder camp that hey, you know, you gotta take this guy out. And I don't know, I, I don't know what happened because it's like it's almost like you know. We trained to kind of knock this dude out, and once we got into the later rounds, we didn't have no legs, we didn't have no strength. Like you said, Derrico, man, this dude went down. Yeah, okay, you can say that the count was a little slow, whatever the case may be. But man, you know, Tyson Fury has been here before. He's been on the ground, got knocked down, kind of did to Undertaker, you know, raise up, shake it off. Okay, and it's almost like it woke him up. Like literally, like I just had this conversation. The other day, it's like, you know, he went down in the second fight the same way, got knocked down. I think in the first fight, if I'm not mistaken, he got knocked down and came and got up, you know what I'm saying, and continued the battle. It's almost like he got to get knocked down to say, okay, now I'm in a fight and now this is what I need to do. But, you know, the wild account, man, was all over the place. I still, you know, my whole thing with Deontay Wilder over there is not really trying to recognize how how good of a fighter that Tyson Fury is. I really want to say, man, that, you know, Tyson Fury has really put himself up there as, man, as, as being the preeminent heavyweight that he is, man. And this was a good... So, shout out to this fight because it was a great fight. It was a good fight. You know what I'm saying? Probably one of the best heavyweight fights I've seen in quite some time. And heavyweight division went to sleep. You know what I'm saying? We we come from an era of watching Tyson. We come from an era of watching Holyfield. And Lennox Lewis. True. And you know what I'm saying? We watched the Klitschko brothers dominate for the better half of two decades. And then once we got these Tyson Fury fights, I think it gave and breathed some life back into one of the, the, the best divisions in boxing and seeing this trilogy, man. I don't know if we'll actually see another fight b- between these guys. It's probably not going to happen. But, you know, shout out to these guys for going in and competing the way that they did, man. Banks, I'm going to kick it over to you very, very quickly. I know you didn't get a chance to see the fight. I know you are a sports fan and a, a fan in general of just everything. Um, were you able – I don't know if you were familiar with the trilogy, man, and, and what happened with the – but do you appreciate – you know what I'm saying? What we saw out of these three fights between Wilder and Fury. Well, for what for what I'm hearing, um, yeah, I appreciate it. You know, I, I think, you know, it got a lot of talk. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I I fell asleep. I didn't even know they were fighting. Um, I, I don't know. I must have been somewhere under a rock somewhere. But um, when I found out that what happened, you know, this happened right after, you know, like you said, the Alabama game, I'm like, when did this happen and people are losing their mind over the fact that Wilder just 
yeah, it, it ain't looking good from the home team, folk. So, yeah, dude, um, I appreciated it as, you know, as a sports fan, as a, a sport, a fan all around, you know, just to see that it, it came to fruition, that everyone was happy about it. I mean, yeah, like I said, just to have a competitive Audi, man, in boxing, man, because like I said, man, the sport of boxing, you know, Derek, I'm going to come to you and we, we're going to move on. But like, you know, I've been a big boxing fan my entire life. You know what I'm saying? You know, I come from an era of watching, you know, ABC, Wide World of Sports on Saturday night before paper, before pay-per-view. All of us can remember when we had major championship fights on ABC, you know what I'm saying, before the big pay-per-view. You know, we, we saw guys like Marvin Hagler and, and Tommy Hitman Hearns and Sugar Ray Leonard. And then we moved into the whole era of pay-per-view and probably one my favorite fight of all time, of course, Mike Tyson. We watched him do what he did, and we watched the hometown hero, Evander Holyfield, do do what he did. But and then there was a lull in boxing. Of course, some of the the the, the lower weights, you know, shout out to the Floyd Mayweather's of the world and the Oscar De La Hoyas for keeping the interest up, man. But MMA, I think, came in and kind of took took some of the thunder away from 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 the from the sweet science of boxing. And then we move forward into seeing, you know, what I'm saying, I think this has been one of the the biggest things for the heavyweight division to get these Wilder uh, Fury fights in this trilogy. So, so Derek, I guess before we move before we move forward here, man, I just want you to give me a synopsis of how you feel about the sport where we're going before we move on at, with the rest of the podcast. Well, after this trilogy, it's just going to be hard for the heavyweight because I just don't see anybody taking big man down. Like you said earlier, Fury. Is a is a boxer. He's a big boxer too. I mean, and he don't have a problem laying them hands on you, and laying that big body on you. So six seven, yeah. six seven, two hundred pounds. Yes, right. sir. So I just think at this point, I think if he finds someone that is truly a contender, then hopefully that'll catapult the sport of the heavyweight side. But if not, then you're just gonna have Fury sitting on that mountain just waiting on anybody to come up and try to topple them. And I just don't think it's going to happen no time soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. The gypsy King man reigns supreme and retains the, uh, retains the title, uh, knocking, uh, Dante, uh, Deontay Wilder out in the trilogy of that. So speaking of that, man, talking about all the L's that happened in Alabama, we're going to move forward with the podcast, man, and get into what we want to talk about, man. Unfortunately, man, we didn't get a chance to, to segue into this from the last podcast. Banks, you got, you got something to say before we move forward? I do. Um, you want to say about all the L's in Alabama. Um, what about all the W's in Georgia? Um, all together, collectively, you know, Harm, Hawks, Braves, Falcons, Georgia. Well, Georgia don't really count as Atlanta, but we'll throw them in there since majority of the fan base is in Atlanta. Um, I believe Georgia State, Georgia Tech, Kennesaw State, Albany State, um, they all took W's. Morehouse. And Morehouse. More and Morehouse, exactly. <coughs> they all took W's. State and Cairo High School, sir. They all took <laughs> W's. Everybody, so yeah, everybody in the great state of Georgia took W's, man, this past weekend, man. Shout out to the great state of Georgia, where we live at, where we love, and what we do. We do this for the great state. You know, we, we do this for the, the ATL, the metro area, and the surrounding areas. 
because we got to say surrounding areas because people live in the surrounding areas. Go ahead, Banks. What's up? And I'm sorry. And um, shout out. I was up here doing double duties with this podcast. Um, congratulations to the San Francisco Giants for beating the Dodgers 1-0. They're up two games to one. Okay. All right. A little a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a uh, breaking news as we continue to do this podcast. So, as we wrap up this podcast, man, we're going to go into um talking about our beloved Atlanta Falcons, man. Shout out to our Atlanta Falcons as they go across the pond, man. And you know, this was man, you know, we it was a very emotional podcast last week, man. As I as we talked about our Atlanta Falcons after they took a L against the Washington a football team and we were all in our feelings man and unfortunately we weren't able to produce that podcast man but we were all in our feelings moving forward into going into this game and all of us felt like that this Falcons team just was not going to get it together I'm gonna go to you here first Banks we felt we all collectively we felt like this was just it we were at a we were at the you know cue boys to men end of the road this was it after we saw what we saw with the Washington football team, we all felt like, hey, number one pick, here we come. We might not catch another win for the rest of the season. But we go over to London and something special happens. Banks, I'm going to kick it over here to you. Like I said, the last podcast that we tried to record, we all felt some type of way. We were all in our feelings about the way this was going with the season. Um, So where do you stand now, Banks? We So we, we did – we end up going across the pond. We end up winning against the lowly Jets. The lowly Jets. We beat them over across the pond in London. How do you feel now? Well, you could call them the lowly Jets. Um, we are the lowly Falcons. Um, we went there. Um, shout out to the offensive line. They protected Matt Ryan. Did not give up one sack. When the previous week, New York Jets sacked the Tennessee Titans Tannehill seven times. So I'm dra- I'm I'll take any victory at this moment with this team. Any single victory. And the ultimate victory I'ma embrace and I'ma bathe in is congratulations, Kyle Pitts, on your first touchdown and your first one hundred yard game. Here's to many more. Many more. And Man. um we're we're that's stepping uh, uh that's a, that's that's a, that's a step that's what's up he be fine look Derrico bank Derrico banks be firing off prematurely but we'll talk about that later look man so yeah falcons go over across the pond we play the jets we take the win it's always wonderful when we win as falcons fans first and foremost i want to say this here man we are falcons fans man and we we want to see our team win. we want to see our team succeed man we were in our feelings um talking about them and moving forward, man. But, man, it feels good to get a win. And, Derrico, we talked about this, man. We all collectively talked about how bad the Jets were. The Jets are bad, man. They're they're very bad. So there was no reason why we didn't feel like the Falcons should go over to London and win this game because the Jets are not a very good football team. So I want to, I want you to tell everybody how you felt about getting this W and how significant it was for the Falcons to do this over in London. You want to know how I feel? Oh. That's, that's, that's what I asked you. Oh, oh, I asked you how you felt. I feel Okay. Just okay. I mean, that's better than that's better. That's, that's yeah, better than it was better than it was last week. You know what I'm saying? That's a that's a that's a significant improvement. 
You know what I'm saying? We got a W. You know, I didn't jump up and down celebrating the win like some Falcons fans were, like we had just beat the Saints or something. You know what I'm saying? We beat the Jets. I mean, we beat the Jets. Any given any given year, we're supposed to beat the Jets. So it wasn't like this was a, a historical, monumental W. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, when you're in a relationship, sometimes you feel like, hey, you got to take the little little baby step wins and move forward. I'll say this. Upcoming schedule, I see them probably going down to Miami, beating Miami because Miami's what? Not, oh, a, good, wait, wait, wait. not a good Okay. Not a good team. Okay, okay. Let's not so, let's not too jump. Let's let's not too let's not let's not jump too let's not jump too fast into this. Well, I'm, I'm let's just, continue. I'm just I'm just okay. I'm just okay. painting this okay. picture of we can't okay. we can't get too excited. I ain't getting too excited. We're gonna celebrate this W. We're gonna celebrate this W. Banks, I'm gonna get to you here in just a moment, man. I just want to talk about a couple of things. Banks, like I said, you prematurely jumped into the segment, but I'm not mad. We'll talk about some great things that happened over there across the pond, man, over there at Tottenham Stadium in London. So, look, fellas, and I'm going to take it over to you here first, Banks, man. One, I want to talk about something that I'm proud of, man. I want to talk about something that I'm proud of that that a lot of people in this city do, do not want to talk about and that they aren't proud of. But I'm going to talk about it because I feel like I need to talk about it. I want to talk about my quarterback. Can I talk about my quarterback for just a minute, fellas? And I know it was the lowly Jets. I know it was the Jets. Derek, I know it was a team that we were supposed to beat. Banks, I know it was a team that, you know, really, you know, we, we didn't know what we were going to see coming into the game. I know the Jets had seven sacks the previous week against the Titans or whatever the case may be against Tannehill. But I want to talk about my quarterback. I want to talk about Matt Ryan for just a second, okay? Matt Ryan was 33 of 45, 342 yards, and two touchdowns okay my quarterback my quarterback okay there's been a lot of flack and a lot of choose aside here in this city okay a lot of people banks we talk about this all the time and Derek, we even talk about this all the time as well we give a lot of flack to number two behind the center but like i said given the opportunity that he had on this past sunday he, he was clean he didn't touch the ground this offense shout out to the offensive line too Give a shout-out to that offensive line for keeping that man upright and keeping that man to be able to manage the game and do what he needed to do. But I want to talk about my quarterback and what he was able to do and what he was able to accomplish. Banks, I'm going to kick it over to you here. Banks, are you still with me, brother? I'm here. Okay. Banks, how did you feel about our quarterback, Matt Ryan, and what he was able to accomplish over there in London, man? Because I, I, I had to specifically jump into that. I was very proud to see what he did, especially on the heels of what he was coming off of social media, where people was already putting these narratives that he's not happy here and he wants to be traded. And his wife, Sarah, had to come in and squash all that nonsense saying, you know, what source told you that he's not happy? Because my source said he's not going anywhere. So guess what? He followed that up with an incredible, incredible game in London. Now, say what you will, whoever he faced, because according to this fan base, he's the worst friend, uh, quarterback we ever had. So kudos to Matt Ryan for doing what he had to do. And he hears it. I know he hears it. He hears everything that this fan base is spewing. 
and he's still going out there doing what he's supposed to do. Good for him. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Derrico, I want. Hey, do you have anything you want to say about our, our quarterback? I, I, I absolutely do. This is probably if anybody has something bad to say about Matt Ryan after this game, it's just trash. Y'all know I. Y'all know who I am about Matt Ryan. But when you look at who they threw out there as receivers, that right there took me to a point where you got to say, hey. They always talked about how other quarterbacks would throw the ball to anybody. And he had to prove that. I'm, I'm just sorry. He had to prove that whatever you put out there, that's what you got to deal with. And he dealt with that. I mean, he was out there pretty much flawless that game. And I'm glad you gave the O-line some props because just like people give Matt Ryan flat, they always dragging that O-line through the mud. But I didn't see nobody talking about how the improvement of you know I'm gonna say it. Jalen Mayfield is continuing to improve. Jalen Mayfield, shout out to number seventy-seven, man. You know, shout out to number seventy-seven. If you don't hear his name, that means he's doing his job. But you don't hear nobody saying, "Hey, shout out to Jalen Mayfield." But yeah, the offensive line was stellar. Matt Ryan was stellar. The wide receivers were stellar. It was a whole total team effort, except one play. But we we're gonna talk about that. And we're shout talk out, about that. shout out to. Arthur Smith, he called a hell of a game. Hell of a game. He did, absolutely. I think he learned a lot from that that Washington football game. Do One thing I can say about Arthur Smith, man, and I can't say about this from our previous regime, is that I think he really, really understood what happened in that Washington football game the Was- against the Washington football team and said, hey, we can't let this happen again. We've been told time and time again about the whole adjustment thing. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole and talk about adjustments and, and, and how we've been beaten several times on the previous regimes about coming out in the second half and not being able to just, there was a lot of adversity. We had a lot of things go on. I want to go too far into it, but Arthur Smith was able to say, Hey, you know what? He settled everybody down. He said, Hey, you know what? We, we have a lead. Let's continue to do what we do. Let's continue to do what we do well. And let's continue to see this thing through. So shout out to him and putting this together, Derek. I'm glad that you hit that, man, because I thought I was the only person that saw that Arthur Smith was able to put this together and compose this team to, to keep pressing forward to get the W. Man, shout out to him using Cordero Patterson like he's been using the entire season. He has been the utility knife, the Swiss Army knife of this whole entire offense. And Banks... I'm going to hand it off to you because it's one thing I want to hand off to you. I'm handing this off to you, Banks. The, the unicorn. You, 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 uh, the, you, hold on, wait, wait. Oh, no, I didn't freeze up. No, I didn't freeze up. I'm handing this off to you, Banks. I want, to, I, want you, I want you to talk about this. The unicorn. The unicorn that we drafted at number four against the Jets. Playing. Nine receptions, 119 yards in his first career NFL TD. Kyle Pitts, number eight for our Atlanta Falcons. Tell me how special this is and what a coming out party for this man was in this game. Listen, Leo, I don't want to be this guy. You know, you know how I felt about how he came into the into this league, drafting the tight end at number four, you know. You heard the pundits. You heard everybody say, oh, he's a unicorn. He's going to be the next guy going into the Hall of Fame, all this nonsense. 
Listen, I gave a toast to the guy, and I'm glad that he got his due. But let's be clear. When you got people like Zacchaeus, Sharp, uh, uh, Hardy, who I mean, not Hardy, whoever <laughs> other wide receiver was out the hell, it was probably Derrico. I don't know. I mean, at this point, you had no choice but to throw to Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I thought you did. You look like a guy just like you out there. But I digress. Listen, I give him his props. He did a good job. He did what he's supposed oh to do. God. He stepped up as a rookie, and he did his thing. But he had no choice. His other <laughs> right-hand man, Mr. Hurst, was dropping balls left and right. You know, I mean, and still after all of that, all of that, like you said about our quarterback, he still threw for 342 yards. So after all that is said and done, it all started at the helm at number two. <laughs> hey, man. So, look, Matt Ryan goes, moves forward into the all-time passing yards. He moves forward uh, ahead of Eli Manning with throwing for those 342 yards. Hey, we, we take a W, man. Like, I'm I'm – I'm going to say this, man, as we wrap this up, dude. I, I always, I'm going to make sure everybody understands this, man. I always want to see our team win. No matter how bad we think this team is, I always want to see this team win. I do. And to wake up Sunday morning after a late night watching that, that, that Wilder Fury fight, Derrico, and to wake up early Sunday morning, to sit up there and say, "Man, I'm get, I'm, I'm up pretty early over here to see this, and for them to 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 to, to win, I'm, I'm happy. I'm ecstatic. Moving into the bye week, man, it's a lot to build on. I'm not, I, you know, not to say that we we we, because it's a long season. And like you said, Derrico, we got the Dolphins coming up after the bye week, but I was just happy to see a W, man. As we close this thing out, and and, and Banks, of course, I'm gonna give it back over to you." This was a lot to build on. Like you said, I'm glad you said Arthur Smith figuring this thing out. How do you feel about what we saw and what we have to build on moving forward? I mean, we got to build on. We can we can pick and choose your position on the on the football field. We need help in every position. Um. Derrico said earlier that we're looking forward to the Dolphins. Well, I'm looking forward to the bye. That's next week. And they need some some um, recharging, I guess. I don't really like early buys, but I think this buy came at the right time for this team. This team needs to go back and um, look at some things, um, kind of reevaluate what happened against the, the Eagles. You know, we know what happened against Tampa Bay. Tom Brady happened. Um, the Washington football team, you know, we let that one get away, in my opinion. You know, you just beat two bad New York teams. We can build on that. You know, so like I said, you got to crawl before you walk. Excuse me. <clears throat> you know, you got teams coming up. You got you got Miami. You got divisional games coming to the Saints and Panthers. You know, so I, I'm looking at it like this. You know, don't go jumping ahead. You are a young team. Well, not really a young team per se, but you are a team that with a young regime. That's the better word. Absolutely. And worry about the next task at hand, and that's getting yourself together. 
bye week. Absolutely. So yeah, we're gonna do that. Absolutely. I, I must have been. It must be. It must be the Buffalo Trace. I thought I had passed it over to Derrico, but Banks, thank you for 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 closing that out and giving us your opinion. Giving us your opinion on that Jets game, man. Really, really much appreciate it. Going on to Derrico, man. Before we close this thing out, man. Um, so your your thoughts on on building blocks moving forward with this team? So the building block that we got to work on is scoring in the second half. That's a building block. We up 20-0, and we only scored seven points in the second half. That's going to be a problem moving forward if we can't get that corrected. You can't go into the second half thinking because you're blowing a team out that you can't keep your foot on the gas. So that's the building block right there, number one, is scoring points in the second half and defense stopping people in the second half just like you did in the first half. So we tighten those two things up. I think we'll be okay in ball security. Hey, guy, but hey, hey, ball security, really, yeah, ball security. Really, really quickly, Banks, we're going to go to you. We're going to close this thing out, man. And special teams, we looking at you really hard. Like, can, can you please stop coming out the halftime locker room, giving up a big chunk of a return, please? That's two weeks I'm gonna in a say, row. I'm looking I'm at gonna you. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this much, man. Before we close this out, man, look, I don't know. Special teams coach, I don't know who trying to be cute and do this. We're going to kick it up high to the right and see if we can pin them back. Listen, man, kick the ball through the back of the end zone. It's a reason why the NFL moves this damn kickoff up. Kick the ball through the back of the end zone and let's, you know, I don't care what y'all tried in practice. I don't. Okay, as a fan, I appreciate Y'all trying to shake things up or whatever the case may be. But, man, kick that thing out the back of the end zone, man. Because you're right, Banks. Two weeks in a row, we almost gave up TD. We gave up a TD after halftime to the Washington football team, which in basically swung the momentum. You know what I'm saying? You take that TD away, that's a, that we, we win that game. And we almost gave the Jets a damn TD on a, on a you know, coming back from the half kickoff. So, Special teams, stop being cute. Kick that thing through the back of the end zone, man, and let's play it from the 20, 25, and let's do what we do. For real. That's, stop being cute. Man, so <laughs> on that note, fellas, guys, it's been it's been a great podcast. Hopefully, let's keep our fingers and toes crossed, knock on wood, that we'll be able to get this out to everybody. Um, really, really quickly, before I give it to you all, I want to give a shout-out to, number one, as we record this episode, um, Reggie McKee, uh, very, very uh, special person to the to the Leo G podcast, man. He just celebrated another year around the sun, man. Shout out to my man Reggie McKee. Uh, happy, a very, very happy birthday to him. Our capo and our president of our illustrious SG Footy Mob. We didn't get a chance to talk about Atlanta United today, but we'll definitely come back and talk about them as we move into the stretch of the playoffs. Uh, we just had a significant thing happen with Joseph Martinez, and we talked about that a little bit on the last episode that we tried to record. But I just wanted to give a shout-out to my man, Reggie McKee. Also, I want to give a shout-out to – we just so the Falcons played we, – we talked about this game. The Falcons played in London. Um, seven years ago, we played in London. We played the Detroit Lions. I, I had the opportunity to go over there and watch that game. 
uh, at Wembley Stadium. It's an awesome opportunity, man. I, I tell anybody that's an NFL fan, if you had an opportunity to go over to London and check a game out, man, you won't be disappointed. You will not be disappointed, man. This is the reason that the NFL keeps going back year after year after year, man. I think this is like their 12th or 13th year, probably longer, of going over there and highlighting games, man. You got to make if – you, if you have a favorite NFL team, go over there and check them out and go over there. Even if you – even if you just you, you want to go over there and check out an NFL game over there, man, it's it's absolutely cool. It's it's something that I'm telling you, you want to do. Banks, Derrico, man, if we get a chance to go over there in the next, I don't know, it took seven years for us to get back, but the next time, guys, if we're still doing this, man, we all need to go. You know, COVID kind of messed up a lot of plans for this, man. I wanted to get back over there to see this game, man, but you definitely got to go to London and check out a game over there. You definitely do. It's a wonderful time. And, and the reason I bring that up, man, shout out to ATL Falcons UK, man. Followers of the Leo G podcast show and followers of us, um, a big group of Falcons fans in the UK now following us on Twitter, man. So shout out to them guys, man. And I'm going to try to collaborate with them, man, to see if they can get on our podcast, man, because they got a podcast over there in the UK. Big Falcons fans. They did a lot of stuff, man. Some guys from Manchester, they went down for the game on this past Sunday, man. So I just wanted to shout that out, man. And I'm going to go ahead and give the shout out, shout outs for the show. You can always follow the Leo G show on Facebook and you can also follow the Leo G show on Twitter, the Leo G at the Leo G show, the number one. But I wanted to give that before I gave it up to you guys. So first and foremost, man, I thank you guys for doing this late night for me with this podcast. I'm going to give it over to you first banks. Let everybody know where they can find you, brother. You can find me at babybanks80 at the Twitter and Instagram, or you can find me on Facebook at Antoine Jarrell Banks. Uh, feel free to say hello and please subscribe to this show, please. And shout out to also to the Atlanta Braves for a huge victory today at uh, Truist Park. They are now up two games to one. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Shout out to them Braves, man. On the next episode, man, hopefully we'll have them going forward. Derrico, give give everybody uh, how they can get up with you, man. All right, you can catch me on Facebook at Stacey D. Derrico. You can catch me on the gram at Derrico underscore Virgo. And on the Twitter, you can catch me at VSU96SDD. Leo G, we appreciate you having us. And if I haven't said it, thank you for putting the brother name on the show. You know, that means a lot to us. You know what I'm saying? We appreciate that. Hey man, you know, it took it took it took a minute, man, to get our to get our feet, man. You know, we've been doing this for a minute. This is episode 48, man. And like I said, fingers crossed. I hope we can get this out to the people, man. But I appreciate you guys, man. I really, really do. Uh, we talk about this. We've always talked about our teams and about sports, man, because we have a genuine love for this, man. You know what I'm saying? We we, we have a, a a special relationship and special tie to the city, man. And we make this happen, man. And I, I just like putting this out so everybody can hear our thoughts and opinions because we are true fans. ATL fans get a bad rap sometimes. We do. Like collectively, you know, I know you. Banks, I know you, Derrico, we're true fans, but collectively as a whole, man, this city gets a bad rap when it comes to sports and fans. So this was one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast, man. There's a lot of podcasts out there, man, but 
I wanted to make sure that we represented us as true fans from this city so people can understand how we really, really feel. Not these bubblegum fans that just moved here like five years ago or that just picked up what's going on here two years ago. We've been doing this for a long time. I hate, don't get mad at me, fellas, when I say this, man, but we've been rocking with these teams for over 30 and 40 plus years. We've been doing this for quite some time. I can say that. So, you know, we, we're true to this. We're not new to this. We're true to this. I know this sounds a little cliche, cliche yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're really amped in and tuned in to these teams here in this city. I can speak for these brothers that are on this podcast with me. I can speak for Banks. I've known this man for probably two decades, and he's been rocking with these teams. As long as I've known him, he's been rocking with this team, these teams. I've known my man Derrico here not as long. We've known each other now for at least the last two or three years, but he's been rocking with these teams for quite a long time here in this city, man. So we do this, man, because, like I said, man, we're we here, and we're not going anywhere. We're not. So, man, like like my man Banks said, man, subscribe to the show. We're going to continue to do this for y'all, and we're going to be out, man. It's another edition of the Leo G Show, man. That's what's up.